All right. So if you're a guest with us this morning, my name is Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here, uh, along with my wife Kim and Mark and Kate to see one of their daughter Cadence's soccer game. Uh, they'll be back later tonight. Uh, we've been in a series experiencing God and just learning more about how to hear from him. Uh, and last week, Mark spoke about uh, drawing near to God and the purpose, it, you know, there's lots of reasons to do it, but uh, the purpose of being able to see what he's doing. He said that, you know, when you're at a distance, you know, I've, I've got my iPad up here and I'm doing things and you don't really know what's on here or what I'm doing, but if you were close, if you were right next to me, you could see. And so... <clears throat> Uh, we need to just draw near him, to him to, to join in with what he's doing. Uh, and he said that we often ask the question, God, what is the plan for my life? But the, the better question is really, what is God doing right now where I am? And how can I join in with what he's already doing? So we're going to be continuing in that series today. But before we do, uh, and I jump into the preach here, I, I just want to pray. Father, I just thank you for our time together this morning. Lord, I thank you that you speak Lord, and, and that we can hear you. In your word, it says that your sheep know your voice. And so, Father, as we continue to grow more and more in that and we learn more and more how to hear from you wherever we are, whether we feel like we hear clearly all of the time, which I don't think that's any of us, or, or we don't feel like we hear it all, Lord, just guide us and lead us through this and just help us to come to know you more and to know your voice more. In Jesus' name, amen. So drawing close to God and seeing what he is doing so we can join in. Why is that important? Well, it's important because God wants to accomplish his purposes through his people. God doesn't need us, but he chose to need us. God is able to do anything that he wants to do. He could accomplish whatever things that he wants to accomplish, and he could do it on his own. But that wasn't how he designed it. That's not his plan. His plan is to do his work and expand his kingdom through us. There are a lot of reasons, like I just mentioned, to draw near to God. There are many benefits and, and reasons to do that. But in the context of a plan and a purpose for our lives, drawing near to God allows us to see what he's doing. As Mark had mentioned, we, we seek God and he gives us direction, but it's often pretty vague. He had mentioned that you know God says go, but he doesn't necessarily say where to go. And we may not get anything else until we're willing to, to step out in faith and trust him. There was a time uh, years ago we used to meet in what was Lifesong Church of Erie in Old Town on Saturday nights. And there was a gentleman with us one evening. He uh, an, was an NCMI team guy. He's, he's gone home to be with the Lord since. But his name was Mike Hanchett. And he was a very, um, very gifted in the prophetic. And so he was with us that, that night, and he was sharing about the prophetic and what it is, and then he just was whatever the Lord was speaking and giving words for people, and so he was sharing those things uh, with the people. And I was in the back in the sound booth, as I often am, because that's my jam, I guess. And uh, as I was looking about the room, there was a girl off in the corner that didn't attend our church normally. I'd never seen her before, but God highlighted her to me and said, I want to speak to her. I want you to pray for her. And so I said, okay, what do you want to say? Then I got nothing. I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be really awkward. I don't know this person. I don't know this girl. She's never been here before. I'll go, but, but what do you want to say to her? Still nothing. And so I wrestled about, and 
finally I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I'm just going to trust you and do it. But then I looked up and she was gone. And at that moment, my heart just broke because my disobedience prevented her from hearing what the Lord had to share with her. But God used that opportunity to show me, and he doesn't always do this, but in his grace and in his goodness, he showed me that I was hearing clearly from him that he wanted to speak because about two minutes later, Mike Hanchett said, oh, and there's, uh, there's a girl over here and God wants to, oh, and she's gone. So that was just confirmation that I had heard clearly from the Lord and that I just needed to go pray. So, so why does God do this? Why does he tell us to go and not tell us where to go or say, go do something, but doesn't give us the details? It's because our relationship with God is all about trust and faith. He wants us to operate by faith. We hear his voice by faith. We believe that we're hearing from him. And we do his work by faith, trusting that he can use us. In Hebrews 11, 1 through 3, it says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. As we draw near to God, he shows us what he's up to. Not by things that we can see with our eyes necessarily, but by his spirit, by his voice. He wants us to follow him and hear him and trust that we're hearing him. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. And friends, I know that that's hard. It's hard to, to take that step and say, Okay, go, go where? And just start walking. It's hard to take that step and say, Pray for them, but what do you want to say? I don't know. And go do it anyway. But that's how God's designed it. He wants us to trust him. And he's trustworthy. We don't wait to go until we have all the answers. We trust God and we step out in faith. Mark often says that if you even suspect it's God, to act on it. If you think that you're hearing from God, and what he is saying is in alignment with his word and his heart, then do it. Trust him. God wants to accomplish his purposes through his people. Sometimes we may think that God is going to tell us what to do and send us off, and then we just go do it. And when we run into a problem, we, you know, give the Lord a call and say, hey, I've got this issue, what do I do now? But that's not how it works. The reality is, he does the work. We just allow him to work through us. I know Mark was telling a story about a, a pastor at the um, Essential Church Learning Community. He was talking about the daily bread, daily manna, and he'd prefer he got a month's worth because that would be his preference. He goes off and he does things, and then, you know, yeah, when he gets in a, in a bind, he, he would reach out. But for me, I, I'm good with it just being, I've learned to be good with. Let me, let, me, <laughs> let me back that up. I've learned to be good with in the moment, day to day. And, and really, that's the best way. Because then it's not on us. He gives you a month's worth and you're off on your own. It's on you. And we can do nothing without God. So when God's going to work through us, he needs us to move from where we are to where he is. We need to be able to be close enough to see and hear what he's doing. We can't go with God and do his work 
but stay where we are. We have to take risks. We have to step out in faith. We have to be willing to move outside of our comfort zone. God will get our attention. He'll show us what he's doing, and he'll invite us to join him. Moses is a great example of how God works through his people. He got Moses' attention, he showed him what he was doing, and he invited Moses to join in with what he was doing. And then God used Moses to free his people from Egypt. Let's take a look at Exodus chapter 3. Exodus 3, 1 through 4 says this. Now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look to Moses, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. Here I am. So God got Moses' attention. He had something that he wanted to accomplish through Moses, so he got his attention. And you might be saying to yourself, well, yeah, if it was only that obvious, God doesn't speak to me that way. If God set a bush on fire, I wouldn't miss that. But you know what? God doesn't speak to me that way either. And to that, I say, awesome. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't miss a burning bush with somebody talking at me through it, but it would also kind of freak me out. Wouldn't it freak you out a little I'm kind of surprised by Moses' response here. Maybe he was freaked out too. You know, when I read it, it's like, oh yeah, here I am. But maybe it was more like, there I am, Lord. That's why when angels show up throughout the Bible, the first thing they say is, fear not, right? Freak us out. I'm personally okay that God's a little more subtle with me. It means I have to listen and pay more attention when he's speaking but it's a lot less likely to to send me running the other direction. But friends, the key here is responding. God tries to get our attention as well, but he is generally a little more subtle. It's the still small voice. It's a feeling or just something that grabs our attention. But the key is responding. If you think you are hearing from God, say, here I am, and then just wait and listen. You see that once Moses turned toward him, he began to speak. And he does that with us as well. He gets our attention, and then when we acknowledge him and we say, here I am, then he begins to speak. Let's go to Exodus 3, 5 through 9. Then he said, Do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said also, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Okay, there it is. Whoa! Talking at me through a bush. Now he's freaked out. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I am aware of their sufferings. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. 
Now behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. So God showed Moses and told Moses what he was doing. God already had a plan. He was going to free his people. He was already working. It wasn't something that you know, Moses had to go figure out. God says, this is what I'm doing. God heard the cry of his people, and he, he had plans to deliver them. He does this with us as well. He's always working in our midst. He shows us what he's doing so we can join in. Friends, what we do here at Impact Rock is, is the same. We simply join in with what the Lord's doing. The things that we do are things that Jesus has put on our heart to do, things that he wants to accomplish through us, things that he's doing and wants us to join with. Lainey just talked about our Thanksgiving outreach. And it's not something that we do because it's just a nice thing to do or it's a good idea or for any other reason. It's because God wants to touch people. He wants people to see that they are cared for, that he loves them. We just join in with it. I mean, filling, fill, uh, you know, fulfilling a tangible need and, and providing those meals is, is great, but honestly, the most rewarding part of that are the people that when we deliver those meals, we get to pray for them and we get to tell them how much they're loved and they're cared for and that God has their back. That Jesus loves them. That's why we do it. The Christmas outreach is no different. We want those kids to know that, that they're loved, that they're seen by their Heavenly Father. We pray for our kids every week because God wants them to know that he sees them, that they're loved. These are things that he's doing in our church that we just need to join in with what he's doing. And that's an open invitation to all. He's always working. He's always showing us what he's doing and he, and he invites us to join with him because that is his plan. He accomplishes his purposes through his people. He showed Moses what he was doing and he showed him his plan to free his people. Then God invited Moses into that work. Exodus 3.10 says this, Therefore come now and I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. God invited Moses to join him in his work. What is our response when God invites us to join him in his work? I think many times it's like Moses' response. Let's look at his response in Exodus 3.11. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I would go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I to do this? Are you sure you have the right person, Lord? We often question God. Like the story I was telling you about that girl. I, I was like, are you sure? Me? What do you want to say? I don't know. Maybe you chose wrong. Friends, we question if we can hear him. We, we question if we're able to do what he asks of us. We question his plan. Or we want to know all the details before we're willing to move forward. The enemy wants nothing more than for us to think that we don't hear God to think that we can't do what he's asking of us, to bring fear into our hearts. That's a big tool of the enemy, friends. To bring fear into our hearts when we don't know all the steps, when we don't know the whole plan. But we do hear him. And with Jesus, we can do all things, not in our own strength, but in his strength. 
We can trust his plan even though we don't get to see it all. It's by faith that we hear God. It's by faith that we follow him. And he's with us. Let's continue in verse 12. Exodus 3.12 says this. And he said, currently, or certainly, sorry, (laughs) certainly I will be with you. And this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. So again, he doesn't give Moses the whole plan. He doesn't tell him how he's going to get there and get the people out. But he says, when you do, you're going to worship at this mountain. Who am I to do this? God says it's not about who you are. It's about who he is. He's with us through all of it, through every step. God says, have faith. Trust me. It's all by faith, friends. Not faith in our own abilities, but faith in Jesus and who he is and what he can do. In order to be used by God, we have to make adjustments in our lives. We have to be willing to step outside of our comfort zone. And it's uncomfortable because the comfort zone is where all the comfort's at, right? For Moses to be used by God, he had to make some adjustments in his life as well. And the biggest one was just faith. Trust. He had to trust God to be able to use him. It wasn't always easy for him and it's not always easy for us. We have to trust God daily, again and again and again. Moses questioned God many times. Who am I to do this? God, you want me to to be your mouthpiece, but I'm not a good speaker. In Exodus 4.10 it says this, But Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and tongue says the guy who just used the word eloquent in a sentence. Clearly, he's more eloquent than he thinks. (laughs) Carrying on in verse 11, Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, and I will teach you what to say. But he said, Oh, my Lord, please send someone else. You've been there, friends? We all question. We all have doubts. But to go with God and accomplish his purposes, we can't stay where we are. We have to make adjustments. We have to increase in our faith and trust in God. I've been there. God's asked many things of me, and I've been like, can you send someone else, Lord? I'm pretty sure you got the wrong guy. You want me to do what? Preach in front of a bunch of people? But Lord, I know speaking good. Can someone else do it? And yet here we are. Just so y'all know, this stretches me. Don't be fooled. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) But friends, he wants to send me. He wants to send you. He wants to send us to this town, to this region. It's not about us. It's about him. We have to make some adjustments in our faith like Moses did. Hebrews 11, 23 through 27 says this. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child 
and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. Friends, we also have to endure in seeing him who is unseen. By faith. It's all by faith. So how do we grow our faith? How do we get better at hearing God? We practice our faith. We grow by hearing him and responding. But I'm not sure I hear him. If you suspect it's the Lord, act on it. If it's in alignment with his word and his heart, go for it. You know, God's not going to ask you to go punch some guy. That's not the Lord. But if it's in alignment with his word and his heart, it's probably him, especially if it's not your norm. If he says, go pray for that person, is that in alignment with his word and his heart? Absolutely. Go lay hands on somebody that's sick and pray for them. Absolutely. Is what you think you're hearing outside of your comfort zone? Then it's probably the Lord. I've come to realize over the years that in regard to things of God and the kingdom, the more uncomfortable I am, the more in alignment I am with God's will. He likes to stretch us. And he uses us in ways that are bigger than we are to do things that we couldn't possibly do on our own. Is what you think you're hearing or feeling or experiencing outside of your normal? It's probably God. I'm convinced that the Lord has saved me countless times from traffic accidents. I am not a patient guy when it comes to traffic, and I like to drive fast. Full disclosure. There are times that I've been behind someone driving slow, and I'm just chomping at the bit to take the first opportunity to just blow past them. And then sometimes I just get this feeling, like, nope, just stay put. And that's absolutely not me, so I know it's God. So sometimes I'll be like, okay, Lord, are you sure? And he says, yeah. And I don't like it, but I'm like, okay, I trust you. One time I was driving a company truck for a, a business that I worked for down Highway 36. And I just felt like the Lord said, slow down. And then he told me that this car that was in the other lane was going to cut me off, basically. And it wasn't spoken words. I mean, the slow down was just something I felt in my spirit. And then it was kind of like a vision. It was almost like a daydream. I could just see the car cutting in front of me. And I was like, okay. So I responded to the Lord and I slowed down. And seconds later, the car did exactly what I saw it do. If I hadn't acted on what I suspected was God, I have no idea what might have happened. It could have been ugly. Debbie, if you could come up. Friends, we come to know God more and more as we are obedient to respond to him. And we see him working in us and through us. Maybe, maybe we don't always hear 100% right. But when we do and we see the result of it, it grows our faith. When we respond to God and say, okay, stay put, 
or when we respond to God and, and we say, okay, yeah, we'll go pray for that person. And then the Lord begins to speak and it just speaks to their soul. It builds our faith. We go and we pray for that person, he points out. We listen to those promptings on the road. We allow God to stretch us and bring us outside of our comfort zone. Moses came to know God as he allowed God to use him. Can you imagine all the plagues and the parting of the Red Sea? If God told one of you to go stand in front of Boulder Reservoir and raise up a stick so that everyone on the shore could just walk through, how would you respond? Or if he told you to go down to Governor Polis's office and tell him, pestilence is coming if you don't let everybody in the city take three days off to go celebrate. Would you do that? Sounds pretty wild, right? But Moses did. Not Polis, or, but you know what I mean. And God used him to accomplish his purposes. God's not likely to ask us to go do something like that, but he will ask us to do some things. He will show us what he's doing, and he will invite us to join him in it. But who am I? What can I do? I'm not a Moses. I'm just an ordinary person. Friends, so was Moses. He was just an ordinary guy. As John said, you know, full disclosure, I'm an ordinary guy, just like you. All the people of the Bible were just that. They were people. James 5, 17 through 18, it says this. Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. He was just a normal person, and yet when he prayed, no rain fell for three and a half years. When God healed the crippled beggar through Peter, He and John were called before the Sanhedrin, the highest Jewish court, to give an account. And in Acts 4, 13 through 15, it says this, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. They were ordinary men, just like us. But God used them to heal somebody. Here's the key, friends. As it says in the scripture, they were recognized as men who had been with Jesus. We are just ordinary people walking with Jesus. So who are you? What can you do? Guys, with Jesus we can do anything. By, with the faith of a mustard seed we can move mountains. Moses was an ordinary man who joined with God in what he was doing. And he freed God's people. Jesus' disciples were ordinary people. And they healed people and cast out demons. They were tax collectors and fishermen, guys. Don't let the enemy fool you into thinking you can't hear Jesus or you can't be used. Don't minimize your impact on others. When we join with God in his work, it matters. People are touched. Healing takes place. People are set free. Draw near and see what he's doing. And when he says go, 
Just go. By faith, we follow his leading and we trust him. Allow his faithfulness to increase your faith. Let's all jump in and see what God can do. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you that you include us in your plan. And Father, we just pray that you would help us to to just increase our faith, to step out, to trust you, to do the things that you've called us to do, Father. I pray that as we go through this series, you would just continue to tune our ears to your voice, Father God. That we would not question if we hear you, because we would just know in faith, by faith, that we hear you. And then as we hear you, Father, I pray that you would just give us boldness and courage to step out and do what you've called us to do. Lord, we just thank you. We love you. You are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for joining us this morning, friends. I'll leave us with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have an awesome week, guys.